0: everyone, a special thanks to our sponsors, providing you and your family cost-free advice and help. Our sponsors this week are MyPillow at MyPillow.com. We love them. They've got pet bed sheets, pillows, everything you could need. Use code word Rebel for a discount on everything they sell. Our second sponsor is Covenant Eyes at CovenantEyes.com. It is the number one porn filtering software available today. Code word Rebel for a free month. Thanks, and let's get to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rebel Parenting. I'm your host, Ryan Dobson.
1: And I'm Laura Dobson.
0: Thanks for joining us today. We're going to talk about marriage today. Um, and you know what? I'm just going to be blunt about it. Uh, I went to the doctor a little bit ago, and he walked in and made a big comment about my weight, that I'd lost too much weight, uh, which I was going to talk to him about, uh, but that made me nervous. Um And long story short, they started testing me for cancer. So over the last month, I've been getting uh, CT scans with uh, contrasting dye and you have to drink stuff and our kids don't know. Um, I can tell you, being in a doctor's office and he starts using the big C, he starts talking about cancer and what it could possibly be. They didn't know if it was esophageal cancer. Long story short, I don't have cancer. Start with that. Uh, But when they're talking about esophageal cancer and pancreatic cancer and things like that, you kind of start freaking out. And I was definitely freaking out about it. And I can remember in that moment thinking, I'm so glad that this relationship I have with Laura isn't also part of the problem. Hmm. Uh, And I don't know. If you've gone through trauma or hard times or sicknesses or illnesses, things like that, I can just tell you that knowing in the midst of possibly facing death, I wasn't also going to be fighting with my wife. And that is a big, big deal. You talk to therapists and counselors and they use this phrase, weddings and funerals bring out the best and worst in people. Uh, You hear stories of, we have friends that are doctors and nurses and the things that families do in hard times, they rip each other to shreds. They destroy relationships if you've not worked on it. And I can remember th- being so comforted that I've got a good relationship with Laura. And I started thinking, oh, i got to tell people about this. You know, um, we should do a show on this, on this. And I started talking to Laura about it, and she agreed. And just to talk about some of the things that has worked for me us. And for me, I think one of the biggest ones is grace. And I think Christians throw that around a lot. I think we throw around grace a lot. Um, But we don't really dive into it. And what I'm talking about is grace where you're trying to see life from the other person's perspective. Um, Actually, that started with our kids. You know, when the pandemic hit, and your kids kind of start going a little crazy, we've been asking ourselves, well, what else is going on? Have they had enough sleep? Are they exhausted? Did they eat? Are they, they dehydrated? Right.
1: Every two hours, make sure they have water.
0: Yeah, all that stuff we do with kids. Um, and the same thing goes with your spouse. It's just harder sometimes because you think, oh, you should be further along by now, which really what you're saying is, I should be further along by now. I shouldn't be irritated. Um, But trying to see life from the other person's perspective helps you give them grace. Um, Hmm. And again, in the middle of all this, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I might have cancer. I, 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 my life, my career, my kids, all that stuff. And then to ask Laura, hey, how are you feeling? you got to think about this too. It's oftentimes harder in a way on the spouse than it is on the person going through it. But asking Laura and then being able to say, you know, hey, I'm really sad right now and I'm, I don't feel very motivated and this is really scary. And here's the thing. I, I think a lot of people, because I've been talking to people about this, and it's like, I know, but you're the one that's sick. Shouldn't they be stepping up for you in this moment? I don't know, I guess. But it doesn't mean the problem is gone and it doesn't mean it's not affecting the spouse as well. And so to ask your spouse, hey, how are you feeling too? Because we are gonna go through this together. That's what's gonna happen. We will have, it's not just me that's going through it. My kids would have to go through it. Laura would have to go through it. And so giving her the grace in that moment to say, I'm totally unmotivated. I don't feel like doing anything today. And saying, yeah, that totally makes sense. I don't either. Uh, Now we can't do that for weeks on end, but giving each other grace is so important especially when you're disappointed, especially when you're upset or angry or sad or whatever emotion that you're feeling is to stop for a moment and say, could there be another story? Could there be another line of reasoning? Could there be another answer? Could there be something else? Because people think differently than we do. So even, I think that's even been your
1: spouse. <laughs> yeah.
0: Espe- yeah. By the way, especially your spouse, it should be that way. Yeah. But that's really, really, really been helpful because grace also gives you safety Um, like Laura and I, we don't fear each other screaming and yelling and cursing and saying horrible, mean things.
1: Well, that was the one thing I was going to say when we were talking earlier, Mm -hmm. just about learning to fight fair. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think sometimes people like, what, what do you mean by that? Or Mm. what is fighting fair? Or, you know, it's not that Ryan and I don't fight. We just know how to fight.
0: (laughs) Them that we fight.
1: Well, we fight. We fight people. <laughs> Everyone out there. It's not not we are not the That's the thing too. That doesn't fight. Now, but we on fight very let, fair. Let me
0: let me interject one yeah. thing on this because 80s and 90s Christian superstars, I'm not including my family in this, but would give an air of perfection in a way. Like, we don't have problems, but here's how you can solve your problems, because you guys are so cute, you've got your little problems. We fight. We bicker. We are a regular couple. I bicker more than average. It's just my nature and temperament. It just is how I grew up was argumentative and combative and things like that. And learning to tone that down. You know, but to tell people like, Oh, we don't fight. No, we fight all the time, not like we used to. We bicker.
1: Well a little we, bit. But we never fought even back in the day, I think prior to marriage and prior, we had the character development. Prior
0: to, to marriage, that whole five months?
1: Yeah. A long time, you know. At least we had some age. Age to us. <laughs> totally. We were we were we'd been adults for a while. Correct. So we knew not to adults. curse towards each other or use words that would hurt each other or bring back past events from you know six years ago. And dig sp- deeper
0: into that though. When s- you talk about fighting fair, dig deep into that of the things that we've heard lots of couples regularly do that was kind of a surprise to us and it's something that you can change.
1: Well, uh, using cuss words towards each other, yeah. calling each other derogatory words. Mm-hmm. That was the big one I discovered. I, um, Noticed in a few of the couples that we know and hang out with, mm-hmm. or couples that we've been in contact with. Yeah, that was the huge one. So that I think is the easiest.
0: Yeah, you can stop. It is that so funny when we right meet with way. couples to coach. And we're like, so when you're in the middle of a fight, like, what what are things that your spouse says that that are really hurting your feelings in the moment? And it would be like the things out of people's mouth. And I have no poker face. Laura has to help me with this. They'd be like, you know, well. When he says, and it would be horrible, horrible things, He's like oh, that came out of your mouth? Like you said that to your you said that to your wife. You said those words. and then he's like, Well, but she said I'm like, Oh my goodness, you said that too. This is crazy. Okay. Now we've got some room. Don't call names.
1: Yeah, no, just name, call
0: don't call names. names. Don't curse. Um, okay, here's a big one.
1: I mean, if you're gonna fail, I would just say lean towards the side of that grace again. Yeah. And just, I mean, that will help you when you're wanting to learn to fight Mm -hmm. fair.
0: Bringing up embarrassing things from the past, shaming things, bringing up things that don't have to do with the fight. Oh yeah, but what about this completely (laughs) random topic that you're actually mad about, but you're fighting about this thing over? Are you pointing at you? Oh my goodness, that's hilarious! I didn't say that out loud. Oh,
1: we've done all these. Don't worry. You know, it's not that we haven't, but we have. Over the years, Mm -hmm. I think we have developed a a way to engage each other when there's disagreements. And I think lots of times people don't spend the time to figure out ways to talk about the difficult conversations that might be getting in the way of what you say you want in Mm -hmm. your marriage.
0: Now, here's something that that, uh, my friend Marshall and his wife Lindsay do that we've done every now and then. They do this more regularly than we do. And... It's so ingenious. And once you start digging into it, thinking about it, like really, really let it marinate in your brain for a while. They do this thing when if they get into a fight and they feel like, oh, our voices are rising because that's one of the things you can be passionate, raise your voice. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, screaming and yelling, inappropriate, but being passionate about something, we had to work on that a lot. Lord mm-hmm. be like, you're yelling. I'm like, nope, I'm not. I can show you what yelling is. This is just a passionate voice. And then here's the truth. To Laura, in that moment, it felt like yelling. And she took what I said and was like, oh, that's really interesting. I have heard Ryan yell at games, at, you know, whatever. Concerts,
1: things. I've heard him yell.
0: (laughs) Yeah. At people that was inappropriate, sure. But she knows what my yelling voice is. And so rationally, she had to think in her brain, oh, he's not yelling. He's not screaming. This is not out of control or over the top, but he really does care about this. So that was one. But Marshall and Lindsay, I want to dive back into this. When they feel that voice rise or that that passion coming up, one of them will say, one to 10. And what that means was, do you really care about this? Like I know. And because sometimes early in our marriage, Laura would pick fights with me if she felt we were emotionally apart. Because then we would have this emotional connection via a fight. And then she would feel more close to me because we worked something out kind of thing. Um, you can you can fight with your spouse for lots of reasons. And in that moment to stop it and go one to 10, on a one to 10 scale, do you really care about this? And he'll be like two and she'll be like eight. And he's like, oh, well, then I don't care. Great, you get your way. They do that all the time. When it's like seven, one, oh, seven wins. You could totally have this fight. I don't care at all. It, and they will say in the beginning, it's difficult because your body gears up for a fight. It gears up for the past. When I went through my, uh, goodness, I almost said when I went through my transition, that would be a fantastic thing to say in 2021. When I went through my, I, I can't even say transformation in a way. Wow. Such a ridiculous era that we live in. When I got counseling and I got help.
1: When I changed.
0: I Right? I can't even say that. This is so ridiculous. Sorry. I went to okay. a, I was an angry parent. I was an angry spouse. I was an angry person. And I went to a lot of intensive counseling to make that change. And when I did, it was very difficult for Laura because I was not responding in the way I normally do. I wasn't responding in the patterns that I had historically responded. and that's unnerving and it's unsettling. She's expecting angry, loud, um, goodness, it, uh, I'm, I'm right. S- oh, yeah, completely right all the time. Um, uh, uh, inappropriate behavior. That's what mm-hmm. she's expecting. Mm-hmm. So we start to fight, and she gets ready for battle, Ryan. And I don't want to do that anymore. And so there was a transition period where I would say, I'm not that guy. I, you're not fighting with that guy anymore. And to Laura's credit, she gave me the grace to go, oh, you're right. And in the moment, here's what I didn't do in that moment. See, you always treat me like this. I'm not that guy anymore. And you keep making me out to be that guy. And you did it, right? Because I'm not that guy anymore. And if I'm not, then this would be highly inappropriate. I'm the guy that's like, awesome. We can move on. Cool. Great. That's fantastic. This did not come overnight. This take this took years of therapy and real oh, goodness everything. It's terrible. It's no fun to go through. I was telling Laura in the middle of this diagnosis thing. I was telling my therapist this, the same thing and he was asking me a bunch of questions so I'm going to get into it. But I, I told Laura, I want to throw a tipper tantrum. I want to get angry. I want to break something. I want to punch something in. It. I have five punching bags. It's like that doesn't give me any pleasure. I want to go hit my truck. Like I'm and I don't have it in me anymore. I said that to my therapist, Sam, and he was like, "What do you mean? Let's let's go back. To that. What do you mean you don't have it in you anymore? You're too tired." And I go, "No. There is that part of me that wants the adrenaline rush. It feels so good. You get that huge rush of adrenaline. You feel self-righteous. Uh, everybody around you is afraid, uh, and and you feel powerful and strong. Which in the moment, I'm feeling super weak and vulnerable. And." My brain has changed over the years to where it's so futile and self-defeating to scream and yell and break stuff. It doesn't do... Not only does it not do any good, it does so much bad that my brain's like, really? Aren't you just sad? And I'm like, God! I'm so sad. Laura even said it. She's like, my goodness, you're being such an adult. (laughs) Right? And I'm like, I know I am. I'm really adulting. And I... There's a part of me that hates it, but my goodness, it's created so much more peace and so much more intimacy and I can actually express my feelings to Laura when she says, "How are you feeling?" and I'm like, "I cried at Waffle House today cuz I haven't gotten my diagnosis back and I freaked out, which I did." It was so embarrassing. Mm. And do you know what When I said that, her grace to me, because she exhibits so much of it, she asked a curious question back. She didn't say, oh, it's so embarrassing, oh my goodness, right? Because that would have made me feel worse. I would have felt worse because I was totally embarrassed. I felt super ashamed, and I'm scared I'm going to die on top of it. Like All the things are happening, and she was like, oh my goodness, how did it feel? And that took me out of it. It was like, well... I'm trying to pay my bill and I'm having a panic attack and I'm afraid I'm going to run out and jump in my car and drive away, but I have Lucy with me and that will be super weird. But now I have tears streaming down my face and the person won't pay their bill. Uh, So I had a hat on and I just looked down the whole time and nobody saw the tears and Lucy didn't. And we got in the car and we went home and she was like, oh, oh man, you know, just Curious about my feelings and how I was doing. Not, and here's the other thing too. This is the where grace comes in. When you say the wrong thing, because my goodness, how many times did I do that?
1: Well, Both of us, I've... hi. All the time.
0: And, but when you do, you can go. I'm so sorry. I totally did not mean that. I am blah blah whatever it is. Restart. And then the per- restart. Go again. The person can give you grace. Yeah. Fighting fair. That was a super good one. What else?
1: Well, just the go-agains. Yeah. Like, um, but the other thing I wanted to jump on real quick, and you can just tag (laughs) on it. um, When you're in a difficult conversation with a spouse, maybe it's a conversation about money, sex, whatever, or um, whatever it is, a difficult one, you can... You can say stop. You can if you've oh, yeah. had enough and you you know you've, you're at your limit in this totally, conversation. Totally, you totally can just say I need so a break. Good. Can we table it for less than 24 hours? It has to be less than 24 hours, but can we table it and can we come yeah. back to it when I can get my bearings?
0: It could just be an hour, but that's a big one. You don't have to finish it right now. You can say I'm really upset. I'm really sad. My feelings are really hurt and the person can be like, "Okay," Can you give me a little bit of time? We do the by when all the yeah, time. Yeah, the by when. That's one of the things we talk about. By when. By when can we talk about. That's, it's usually not in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> that's just taking a break. Hey, I, I just, you know. And every now and then, you're in the middle of that conversation. You take a break and you think about it. and You're like, you know what? I just don't care that much about this. Or, I really do. I really do care about this. And sometimes when that happens, it's like, and I don't. I just got in it too far. I got emotionally and personally invested in a fight that I don't really care about and I don't know how to get out of it. Grace will allow you to do that. But you said go again. I think that's because here's the deal. The reason I started thinking about this so clearly about children and marriage and all that is because Christians always talk about how Jesus is our example and our role model. And I was like, alright, but if that's the case, how do I apply it to parenting and marriage? How do I apply this to parenting and marriage? How did Christ treat us and continues to treat us? And it's grace! It's not just second chances, it's 50 second chances and 40,000th chances. But that go again. When the Lord says, I stand at the door and knock in a living word that exists today to speak to us right now, it means currently right now... I'm standing at the door and knocking right now. I'm ready to go again as soon as you are. I'm ready to go again. Do that with your kids, do it with your spouse, do it with your parents, siblings, whichever relationship, it's the above all else, this is the most important thing.
1: Yeah, well, no, that was gonna be my last thing that I had to say is,
0: yeah.
1: Um really focusing, for me, what I've done this last year, or. Six months it's been so it's new to me. Uh, leaving and cleaving that whole idea mm. of this is Ryan is my priority in mar- my marriage. I mean, God's first, <laughs> totally. you know, like, but really focusing, have you done that? Have mm. you made this one accord? Have you agreed, you know, in your heart and in your mind and in your soul, and mm-hmm. given your life you know, in such a way that your commitment and your vows stay true to your spouse. Totally. So I think that was my last thing I was going to say. Awesome. Making the marriage one accord and just yeah, making it a priority.
0: And quitting just isn't an option. It's just not an option. We just don't quit. Uh, in fact, there is a YouTube channel I watch all the time with Craig Ritchie and his girlfriend Jasmine uh, it's called Hustle Maid, H S T L, Hustle Maid. Laura, I seen me watch a billion of the videos, and I get emotional at the end because it's helped me through so many dark times because it says we don't quit on each other, on our kids, on the Lord, because the Lord doesn't quit on us. We don't quit. We're going to go again. We got a resource for you this week it is our upgrade. It is a weekly study guide through the book by Gary Thomas called Cherish. You want to understand what it is we're talking about. It's when you cherish your spouse, when you are involuntarily pulled towards them, when you cherish them, when you hold them in a fond, like a fond memory. It is so vitally important. We did a whole month through the upgrade on Gary Thomas's book Cherish, Uh, I've got a PDF download at rebelparenting.org in our resources section. It's free. We're doing this free of charge. There's also a video attached where I go through the four study guides and then I interview Gary at the end about his book with listener questions. It's a fantastic book. Find it wherever you want. We're not selling the book. We don't get affiliate links from Amazon Please thank our sponsors, MyPillow and Covenant Eyes, for providing cost-free advice and information. Thanks for listening. God bless. Have a great week.
1: Bye. See you later.
0: I'll be right back with Current Events. What's happening, Rebels? Hope you're having a great week. Let's do some Current Events. These are provided by Gary Bauer. And uh, I will have all of these in the show notes, and you can subscribe to his daily email that will keep you updated on what's going on in Washington, D.C. So for current events, we just had a holiday. It was 4th of July. My goodness, we had the best weekend. So much fun. Went to one of the best fireworks shows I've ever seen. Definitely top three. Easily top three uh, with the kids, uh, and we were maybe 100 yards from where they were launching from the ground. You could see them from the ground. Crazy loud. Had all the fun in the world. Uh, And in uh, Gary's Daily Newsletter reports, college students in our nation's capital say they were, quote, embarrassed, end quote, to be American. Those who said America isn't the greatest nation in the world struggled to name a better country linked to that. The nation, a far left media outfit, attacked our founding fathers as, quote, unquote, colonizers and declared that, quote, American exceptionalism is grounded in racism and militarism, end quote, from the nation, the New York Times attacked the Stars and Stripes, suggesting it was no longer a unifying symbol because conservatives love the flag. By the way, that's something that's going on. We should be talking about that. To fly the flag means you're a conservative and it's seen as as lightly racist, diet racist, I guess. Isn't that interesting? So if you're a liberal, I'd love to hear from liberals. Are you embarrassed to fly the flag? Does your community think you shouldn't be flying the flag? Should you be ashamed of the country that you live in? My goodness, that is shocking. Shocking, shocking, shocking. A Washington Post columnist declared, the Statue of Liberty is a symbol of hypocrisy or unfulfilled promises. Wow. Why do we have an immigration problem in America? Just answer the question. Why is it that this country has the biggest immigration problem of every country in the world? Goodness. An opinion piece also in the Washington Post declared that celebrating our 250th birthday will be difficult because, quote, it may be less clear than ever what it is we are celebrating. Nope. Only if you're a dummy. That's just how it is. Only if you are a dummy. Only if for some reason, by the way, this is my notes. I'm reading these. Only if for some reason you don't think That the greatest time and place to be alive in the history of history is right now, right here in America. It's never been better. It's never been easier to get a job, to make a living, to be healthy, to make friends. Uh, You've never been more free than right now at this point in history. There's never been a greater freedom than right now. Ba-ba-ba... Here's a good one. Defund NPR was trending uh, on the 6th after the taxpayer funded media outlet critiqued the Declaration of Independence as, quote, a document with flaws and deeply ingrained hypocrisies. There you go. Taxpayers might stop giving you money when you say that the thing you are currently founded upon is flawed and deeply ingrained with hypocrisies. Maybe we shouldn't fund you anymore. There you go. And Representative Cory Bush from Missouri tweeted, when they say that the 4th of July is about American freedom, remember this. The freedom they're referring to is for white people. This land is stolen land, and black people still aren't free. That is an outright lie. It's an outright lie. By the way, uh, this is something that's going on. while we still have the concept of freedom of speech, there are a lot of people who are afraid to talk about anything they believe in. I'm speaking at a kid's camp at the end of this month, a high school, a kid camp for high schoolers, about this very topic, about freedom of speech. People are afraid to speak their mind, just to share what they believe at all for fear of cancel culture. And I gotta tell you, our freedom is founded upon the freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is a God-given right of every American. It is the cornerstone of our Constitution. It is preserved only through open expression. It is preserved by using it. Freedom of speech prevails in the unified pursuit of its protection. We cannot lose our freedom of speech. You cannot lose the right to speak your mind, to state your opinion even when you disagree with it. By the way, here's some good news. Now we'll be done with the current events for this week. There were two big victories in the Supreme Court, and they have huge implications for the future. In the first place, uh, in the first case, the Supreme Court upheld Arizona's voting rights law. In recent years, the state legislators took steps to improve election integrity by banning ballot harvesting and voting in a precinct other than the one in which you are registered. The left claim these are... These common sense reforms were gross violation of civil rights. Yes, you should vote where you live, not other places. That's not a violation of your voting rights. Okay? And ballot harvesting also isn't. Where people go door-to-door harvesting ballots of people that aren't, that are either too lazy or just don't want to go vote. And don't tell me disabilities. There are so many ways to vote. Ballot harvesting is used by the left to get people that are uninformed and uneducated and don't know what they're doing to vote for things that are ludicrous. Second case, Supreme Court overturned the absurd disclosure rules mandated by State of California. Oh my gracious, the state I was born in. State of California that would have forced nonprofit organizations and potentially even churches to publicly disclose their donors. The lawsuit against California rule was triggered by a 2013 order from then-California Attorney General Kamala Harris. Okay, what Kamala Harris said was all nonprofits, ourselves included, if you are in the state of California, every nonprofit, potentially churches, have to openly publicly disclose every single one of your donors. That is ridiculous. By the way, that is a violation of the freedom of speech, essentially. It's terrible. Don't stop voting. Don't stop fighting for your rights. And again, America is the greatest country on earth. There's never been a better place or time to be than right now, right here in America. God bless America. God bless you. We will see you very soon.